So there's a global pandemic. You're once again wondering, will we ever get out of this thing? Will new people involved in this thing maybe shine a light at the end of the tunnel? We're not going to talk about that, but we are going to tell you where we are, how we feel, what's going on, and uh, hopefully give you some guidance as we all hold hands and wander the yellow brick road that is the end of uh, a COVID-19 Maybe one day, wherever we go. And that wonderful corking sound you just heard during the intro uh, was none other than our guest today. By the way, I'm Steven Jacobs right here, and Coleman Ranahan has joined us on the show tonight. Um, Coleman, what did you just uncork, and can I have some? (laughs) Yes, I want some. Everyone is absolutely welcome to have it, because I will drink it all. Uh, That is... (laughs) A bottle of Woodford, Woodford. Reserve uh, that was gifted to me for yesterday's stream. So uh, I, I drank about a good like quarter of it. <laughs> That's good. So. See, you're primed and ready to roll for tonight's uh, conversation. Oh, yes. I've got a nice, nice, tiny little uh, glass here. A uh, wee dram is what we call it on this show. A wee dram. So in other words, the end of last night's stream was probably really fun to watch. Oh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I kind of just like I was like ready to go to bed like an hour before the stream ended and I was getting yeah I was getting loopy. I was like it's just it, like the, between that and the drinking I'm like I'm just you know what it's it's time I could have stayed up till midnight and then I was like nope it's like eight o'clock I'm going to bed <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't go to bed of course. No, of course not. Of course not. If you're listening to this late, uh, we record the show on Wednesdays. Today's November 4th. Uh, So if any of us are off base, confused, preoccupied, uh, otherwise not on the top of our game, it's because yesterday was November 3rd. (laughs) Just laying that out there. Uh, So we're we're in it, man. Uh, And we're all doing our best. Uh, But Coleman, I just want to start off by thanking you uh, for joining us on the show, for being our, our guest uh, tonight on on staring at goats, but the audience, the world as we know it, might not know of Coleman Ranahan, and they should. So, can you tell the people who you are, what you do, those kinds of things? Sure, I'm an idiot. Um, that's one. <laughs> uh, no, uh, actually, uh, so I am uh, a filmmaker and uh, YouTube expert, if you will. Um, I'm actually right now as a day job. I've I've worked film on and off for the last ten years. Uh, I've done everything from film work, producing, writing, uh, and also like anything under the sun, any hat you can think of in uh, terms of a film production I've worked on. Um, and but right now, my current day job is a YouTube channel manager. Uh, I work with a lot of high profile clients, and I'm not trying to brag. I, j- I actually like legitimately work with high profile clients. Uh, anything in like a movie studio, a TV studio, uh, sports, live sports. Uh, which is another reason my schedule is all all over the place. Um, so I, I I work on that. I basically you know I do all the photoshopping. I do all the copywriting. Um, uh, I do all like the little nifty things you see on a YouTube video, the social links, whatever, any of that stuff you can think of that's on a YouTube video is stuff that I do. Um, so nice. you know, yeah. If you're if you let's say happen to be looking at the NFL on a Thursday, uh, all their YouTube videos are done by people like me. Uh huh. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of some of the work that I do. Um, and uh, we get to have like 
a lot of fun with that. It's it's kind of in the same realm as filmmaking, but like you know, it's it's a different alley, uh, if you will, the digital like media side of things. So I get to I get to do a little marketing. I get to do a little uh, uh, you know writing, copywriting, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also get to do a little bit of art with like photoshopping and stuff. So like our our job is never the same. I mean, it, you know, it technically is the same. It's like doing videos over and over again. But that's basically what I get to do. <clears throat> So you're so, you are a creator, man. Like that's yeah. that is your your overall title. I'm 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 a multi tool that keeps running into the walls repeatedly. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Did you have an opportunity to work remotely before, or was this? I mean, because I'm assuming you're pretty much remote now. Yeah, um, I I have the very uh, fortunate ability to be able to work from home. Oh sure. Uh, uh, so uh, you know, thank God. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, everything is able, as long as I have an internet, internet connection, uh, my job is pretty easy. Um, yeah. I just, you know, the only, th- the only time I have to worry about anything is if we have like files that are like 30 gigs and you're like, you're like, oh, that's going to take a little bit on my computer. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I've got good internet, but you know, it's still files take time. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's about the gist of it. Okay. Well, very cool. So when you made did you have a location that you actually went into for for your job, or was it primarily I'm I'm working from home, or did you have an office space that you you did pre COVID? Yeah, we did. We did have an office space pre COVID. Um, we actually had a fairly large one. We were. It's it's. There's like a lot of weird silver linings to everything that happened. Uh, transitioning from in February, we tra- we went uh, work from home in February. Oh, okay. Uh, right, so you guys right, were like right at the very beginning. Yep. Uh, we were technically losing our office space anyway. Um, <laughs> so the weird silver lining of this whole thing is that now we don't have to spend X amount of dollars a month now on office space. So yeah. we're like, you know, some of the f- other silver linings of this whole thing is that the fact that we, you know, of course, you know, people aren't spending as much money in the fiscal year because of the, all this stuff that's going on. Um, people are, you know, they're having their budgets slashed. So some of the some of the things that happens, like the one gift of working from home now is that we're saving money um, and not having to burn a, like burn that in our our wallets um, mm-hmm. because we don't we have an office space that's just sitting there unprotected, you know, not unprotected. That's not a thing. Um, uh, that's just like sitting there vacant. Right. Um, so we've we've managed to save that and keep people employed because of that, um, which you know, again. Thank you for for that silver lining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was every job I've had previous to that was not was not something I could do work from home. It was all like in person on location, whether it was film work, whether it was working in a drugstore. Um, that was all that was basically all like every, everything was like physical manual labor in some way that right. like could not be duplicated working from home unless I happened to be like uh, an office assistant or something. But even then, like you still have to be in kind of view of everybody. Um, so like, yeah, this is, I'm very lucky to have a job that enables me to work from home. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of what you do really is, um, built for kind of remote work anyway, because a lot of times you can't be on necessarily scene for some of these YouTube channels and some of these other, other, uh, major corporations. It's, 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 you're going to be sent videos. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and lo- it sounds and- like it's really built for it. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, like if if I was maybe perhaps on the client facing side of things, um, where like, you know, like an account manager or like a project manager where like they have to talk to clients or they have to go and meet clients, like maybe that might be a different story, although all of that is still work from home now. 
Um, yeah. Like that might have been a different story, but luckily what I'm doing, I'm more of like the day to day operations kind of thing. Um, so I, I basically just get to sit at my computer and just type, 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 type. Do you think that, that your company or, or is going to go back to, to an office space after this? Or are you guys fully invested in everybody just being at home now? Uh, they've, yeah, my company's already stated that they've wanted to go back to an office at some point okay. when that is, is to be, you know, up in the air still, yeah. um, because of everything that like just the uncertainty of everything. Um, but like they, they have already like discussed of like, yeah, there's probably going to be some flexibility now. Um, yeah. like if, if like, unless it's like a major meeting or something, you'll probably be able to like be granted the luxury of working from home. And then we'll like, you know, we might have like certain days of the week where we just need people to come in because that way we can have like meetings or like one-on-ones or like, you know, if we have to discuss something that we probably don't want being talked over zoom, um, then like, you know, then, then we'll probably end up having that. But they were like, well, maybe we'll think about it in July of next year. But like that, even then that has a giant question mark on it because we still don't know anything that's going yeah. on so like uh, it, it it is everything has just got like a big old giant like riddler question mark on it so awesome. but go ahead no, no no i was just gonna say yeah but that's it <laughs> so you live out in a state that the governor has been both praised and criticized pretty heavily yeah. um for his response to to COVID 19 and what he's trying to 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 mandate uh, can you give the listeners a little sense of what's going on out in California and why um, the precautions that were taken by Governor Newsom actually when it were what led to those things? Sure. Um, I mean, I don't know 100 percent of all these things, but like, sure. Yeah, just kind of a broad 10,000 foot view. So yeah. you don't have to get we're, into the nitty gritty. We're in a large state. We're like one of the biggest economies in the United, if not the biggest economy in the United States. Um, uh, and we're you know, that's a lot of GDP. That's a lot of like, you know, that's a lot of business um, that like is going on. And so, but like we tried to do the right thing at first um, by closing everything down. And then people were getting really mad um, because a, you know, people don't like to be cooped up. People don't like to be doing what we're doing right now. Um, But we get it because there's a pandemic going on. Don't vibrate. Um, I just hit my arm. Um, Uh, but like, yeah, people don't like to do, people don't like to be cooped up and they're getting restless and they're like, so like, you know, we had a hard lockdown because a, we're on the West coast. We, we are an international travel hub. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we've got, you know, Los Angeles, I'm not even like four miles from LAX. Um, so like we've got everything coming in under the sun here. Um, so like, you know, there was lockdowns here, lockdowns over there. Like there was just like lockdowns galore right and then like once once we started like seeing that like things were starting to let up a little bit people were getting antsy and people wanted like they that's when like Newsom started getting like the fire lit under him because people were like all right let us out now like things are good like everything's mm-hmm. okay and uh and of course you know Newsom has like it's a double-edged sword that he's holding without a handle like there's yep. no good there's no good way in or out like he either has to let people out or they start, I don't know, essentially like throwing things all over the place. Like, you know, like I don't want to say riots, but like people like are going to like start getting like incredibly angry and doing things. And like he had he had an unconscionable like decision to make of like, do we let things go again? And then he did. And then all of a sudden cases started ticking up again. And we're like, well, 
that you know we could we saw that coming and then we started locking things down again and then like it's just it's it's been a roller coaster it's been up and down like when we try to like get things under control things are good for a little bit and then once we like let go and then uh, like let people kind of quote unquote go back to normal things just get bad again and like we we un- because of the large size of our state and like everything that's going on like you know California has like a very different uh like patches of areas that are all different politically and whatever else. Um, like a lot of those things like change a lot. So like, we're trying to do, we're trying to like piecemeal a lot of this together, but like Newsom is like basically like having to like be firm as much as he can without like letting like the, you know, uh, the only thing I can think of is uh, like, you know, putting a, um, uh, what the hell are those? Uh, the white mints, in a, in a Mintos, Diet Coke bottle. Mintos, Mintos, Mintos. and Diet Coke. That's what you're yeah. talking about. It's basically like, yeah, basically he's like, he like put like the, it's like putting like small shreds of Mintos in a Diet <laughs> Coke bottle, right? And it's whether or not you think the lid's going to pop off is like the the constant back and forth. He's like twisting like the lid basically to see whether or not, you know, it's going to like just shoot up in the air or like just spread all over your pants or something, you know? Yeah. So so it's balancing it's, it's, the emotional uh, weight yeah. of everyone along with the health uh, knowledge yeah. that he has on how things are going to go. It, yeah. You're right. It's a, it's a tightrope walk. You, you're like how much and how long does a does a person allow themselves to be contained before yeah. they they start to blow? And that's what governors have to do. They have to go. Okay, how long can I keep them inside? With them still thinking, hey, this is kind of nice. We're getting some extra time with each other and family and taking walks and stuff. And I I totally hold it for thing. Yeah, and I totally understand all of that. It's just it's an it's an impossible like no matter what, it's an impossible choice because like it's just you're you're stuck one way or the other. You'll be blamed if you don't try and do stuff, and then you'll be criticized if you didn't do enough. Yeah. Well, so, uh, and California was one of the places that we've reported on several times in yeah. our 31 episodes about people uh, opening up businesses, the back doors of businesses, and hair salons and tattoo parlors and, yeah. and prematurely and, and violating orders and doing all kinds of shenanigans in, in yeah. that uh, in that state. And it, you're right. I think what's interesting about California is that the pockets of conservative versus liberal versus moderate versus, I mean, it's just yeah. everywhere is a little bit different and you could ride two minutes away from where you're currently at. You'll be in a yep. different pocket. Yep. So, especially in Los, especially in Los Angeles too. Like if, if you just want to talk about like the city, like wide things like each, each city, each part of the city is like got its own thing going on. Cause even though LA County is its own, like, you know, it is the city of Los Angeles, every city in Los Angeles is its own thing. Yeah. So like the Santa Monica government is going to be a different thing than the like uh, Glendale government. So like not, not everything is the same and they are going to have different restrictions. Like Beverly Hills, of course, you know, it's Beverly Hills. There's tons of rich people. Um, they, they had like their own incredibly bonkers restrictions that like, even I was like, Oh geez, like, come on, man. Like that, <laughs> that's a little bit much, but like, yeah, like, so like there's, they're their own like functioning, uh, like entities, so you have to like be able to balance all of those things, and sort of for the most part, I think LA has been at least been able to get it right mm. in some regards. There's been things here and there where, of course, you see like stories that are like, "Oh no, that's not good." Um, <laughs> so, but I think I think we are trying our best right now. 
how did you do with it? I mean, uh, you personally with some of the restrictions. I know that uh, you're you're right in the middle of L.A. right there uh, near yeah. the airport. So you had quite a few restrictions placed on you. How personally did you do with those restrictions? Uh, I'm, I, I did fine. Uh, so to like give a little bit of context to why I say fine, uh, I when I was going to college, I lived by myself. Um, and I basically lived in the middle of everything, uh, or like in, I should say I went to, so I went to school in downtown Chicago. I lived halfway between where I used to live and then like halfway between the, like the, my home near Wisconsin and then like halfway between Chicago. So I was, and my friends went to school at ISU. So like they were all the way down South. So I was stuck in the middle of everywhere and everything with like no access to a lot of things. Um, yeah. No access to friends, no access to like, so basically I was going to school and then if I wanted to go visit my friends, I had to go travel two and a half hours down South. Um, or if I wanted to go back home, I'd have to drive an hour back home. Um, okay. So like that, when I say fine, basically college for two and a half years prepared me for what we're already doing. <laughs> right. Um, and so like, uh, I don't have an office to go into anymore. Um, so like, I don't, there's nothing to do except sit in my apartment. Although, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get moderate exercise. So I'm doing like a thing where like I go out every other day. Um, but like when I, when things were first happening, I was going nowhere. I, I was <laughs> zero. Yeah. I was, I was staying in my apartment and I have a very small apartment. So like, you know, the cabin fever started setting in after about a month. But then like, I was like, Oh no, no, no. Like I started like getting that old college feeling again of like, Oh no, I've done this already. Okay. Like, um, like, so I, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I just have to, like, kind of think of it, like, this way. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, then, like, boom. Okay, we're done. <laughs> like, I already, I already yeah. know what's going on. I, like, I know, like, kind of when my neighbors are walking out the door. I kind of know when deliveries come. I know, like, everything, like, so I can avoid people if I need to. Like, I, I was, my mind's a mess. It's a mental mess. But, like, like I, I basically, like, planned everything in my head of like, I know when to do this. I know when to go do this. I know when like things like when the bus is coming, I know like, uh, I basically like figured out everything in my head. Like it's within the first month. Gotcha. And so, and so basically like I already prepared myself for like, however long this was going to happen. And when, like, people are like saying like, this is a once in a lifetime pandemic. I'm like, okay, I totally understand. We're going to, we're going to be in this for the long haul. Uh, like get used to it, man. Like, uh, and so I, and so very quickly I did. And I, I, you know, of course times go down, times go up, but like, I was like, all right, I know, I know what the long-term goal of this is. And that's one to protect the health of myself and two to protect the health of the other people, like the other Americans. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And this yeah. is like, so basically like the first month prepared me for everything. Like the restrictions, uh, in my mind were like, I get it. It sucks. But I get it. Yeah. Um, so like everything, like when restaurants started closing down, I didn't order anything from restaurants. Um, like I didn't, I didn't go to the gym. Um, like they were trying to, like they, they've on and off tried to like open the gyms and like I didn't, I did, I was like, I'm not going to the gym. I know yeah. people are sweaty, people are coughing, people are doing whatever. They're like wiping themselves over all everything. Like they don't wipe down the machines. I'm not doing anything. Like. So like one was like to protect the health of myself. Um, and like two, I had been like sick multiple times months prior. Cause I'd like just been stressed out. Cause I had to move out of my old apartment just months prior. So okay. I was like, 
I, I am not, my ass is not moving anywhere <laughs> that could potentially get me sick. That's right. And so I was like, all right, restrictions. I am, I'm not like embracing them. I'm not like, yay, restrictions and like, um, <laughs> hugging myself. Uh, but like, I was like, yeah, okay. All right. I get it. Yeah. Boom. So, so how comfortable are you with going out? I mean, are you, when you go out, are you, you know, protected to the nines uh, or are you like kind of a porn star going into a brothel? You're just, <laughs> ah, whatever. I'm just going to go do whatever. I, I, I'm unprotected uh, encroachment of grocery stores. Uh, I, I am. I won't say I'm like the most, like, I'm not like a person who's got like, I've got like two masks and like a face shield over everything Uh, because for the most part, I don't go out. Um, I've got, I've got like, I've got a couple of masks. I've got like two cloth knit masks or whatever Mm -hmm. that like my aunt made. Um, And then I've also got like a a one I bought off Etsy. I've got like, I've got multiple masks. So I like, I'm okay in the mask department. Like that's not a problem. I just put the mask on. I go out. Um, If I'm going to do anything, if I'm like, you know, if I happen to like, if I know I'm like, you know, a little like uh, allergic that that morning, I like pop a cough drop just so I'm not coughing. Um, and so like I'll, I'll go out, but it's not to like I'm not going to go out and do anything extensive. I'm either a going out for exercise, which is to just walk around three miles on like roads that like I know people aren't going to be on usually. Yeah. Um, or I'm just going to the store very quickly to pick up something. I get most yeah. of my groceries delivery uh, in, done by delivery. Um, so like, I'm not worried about like standing in line, holding a bunch of groceries all the time. That's only, I only have to go out if I absolutely need to. So like all of that stuff is like, and I, it also made me realize I should have been getting all my groceries delivered before. Um, right. But like now I'm like, okay, well now I'm just doing this from now on. Cause I don't have a car. That's a, that's the other thing. I don't have a car, so I don't go like, I can't like lug stuff. Like it's, it would be. It would make things a lot easier if I had a car to just go be able to go back and forth. That's fine. I probably, I probably wouldn't. Maybe I'd be maybe doing fifty-fifty delivering, going in person. Um, but like the fact that I don't have a car, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking the hard factor out of this. Yes, and Which I realize lugging the groceries back, right? Yeah, that, that's right. a pain in the ass. And I, I, my, my closest grocery store is a mile away, and I've Ooh, got, yeah. I've, I've got arthritis, so I'm like. I, I don't want to like be messing with like, I don't want to be damaging my wrists and all, all that kind of thing. So like, I just get the groceries delivered now. And that like, that takes out a lot of factors. It's not, it doesn't take out all of the factors because your gro- your delivery person could still maybe potentially be sick. I don't know. Like that, it doesn't like guarantee you anything necessarily, but it does cut out a majority of like the huge factors that you could like be standing in uh, versus like just getting everything like, tossed in front of your door basically so yeah it's basically like a lot of that like going out like yeah like i I, it's just like the one mask it's like as long as like i've got headphones on i've got the mask i've got you know maybe my glasses on but like i'm not i'm not going absolutely crazy i mean if i was like if i had to get on a flight i would consider it um because you're stuck in a circulated air tube for uh, for me i would probably end up being five hours so I would definitely go out, go to the nines on that one. Yeah. But like, if I'm not going anywhere, if I'm just like going out, if I'm going to the Seven Eleven or something real quick, it's a mask. But like, I'm not. I 100. Anytime I'm going out, I always have a mask on. Yeah. So like, I'm not gonna mess with that. I'm not gonna. I'm trying to make other people feel better. Um, I'm trying to make people aware. It, like, it's just, it's. I'm I'm not going like full tilt like hazmat suit like rubber gloves like 
Dimitri <laughs> Martin in uh, Contagion or something, you know. But like, um, like I, I tried to do uh, bring in some awareness and like protecting people in some way. Yeah, like, and, and you're not originally from California because you're you're from Illinois, right? As, yep. Have you? Noticed- uh, I'm from the Chicago suburbs. Yeah, okay. Well, have you noticed a, a big difference between like how your family back in Illinois is handling it and how you're handling it? Is have you had to have those difficult conversations like if I'm going to come home, I'm going to need you to do this. <laughs> like cuz uh, I know Jacob and I have both dealt with that. Um and yeah, I was curious where I, you were at. I have had to I I've almost like gone to nuclear on someone uh <laughs> because they are not wearing a mask. And they're around a person who is immunocompromised. Uh, and I'm like, that, that, that's dangerous. Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, I've, I've had to, like, control myself <laughs> several times. Um, but for the most part, I think my dad's good about it. My mom's good about it. Um, my brother and sister are both good about it. My sister lives in New Jersey. So she, like, that's not, she doesn't, her whole set of circumstances is a little bit different. Um, but like for the most part, my dad, my dad is super good about it. My dad has CO, uh, COPD. Mm-hmm. So he has oh, to be yeah. extra careful. Yeah, so yeah. like when, when this whole first, when this whole first like thing first started, I had to tell him like, listen, you're not going out. And if you are going out, uh, you're getting like either groceries delivered or like, you're like having someone get the, like my brother lives with my, with my dad. So I'm like, if you're going in, sh- like my brother, Sean's getting the groceries. Like that's, there's no if, ands, or buts about it because it does things to your lungs. And if he gets compromised, that could be it. Um, and so like I get I I do get a little bit heated when it comes to the protection of my family members because I know that like, especially in like the rural areas, people are a little bit like uh tend to not care as much. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in by where I my uh parents live. And so I get a little bit heated when I uh hear people just being a little bit reckless. Um, I know someone in my family who doesn't wear a mask and I've had to yell at him several times. So, do you think it's that they're more that they don't care as much? Or do you think that they feel like the space between people automatically gives them this sense of protection or this uh, less, it might make it less communicable. It could be a combination of both. Um, I think it is a thing of like, because it maybe it hasn't hit them yet. Like yeah. it hasn't hit their community necessarily. They feel fine. But then before you know it, it's already there. Um, like when I was when I was like just starting to think about uh, telling my dad to make sure that he's careful. Uh, he, he like it was already in the county that he was in and like it was already starting to spread. And you're like, well, like it's people ha- and people like it's things are like, you know, it's harder to get things delivered there. It's like harder to like he has to travel 10 miles to go to the store. Like Oof. he lives in the he lives in a town of 500 people. Like it is like it, that is a thing where like it's got to be harder, yes, necessarily to get transmission. But it's the things like you have to do when you have to go to like Walmart or you have to go to like I don't know like Dick's Sporting. I don't know whatever the store is. So like he like it's one of those things where like the factors like are f- probably fine. He's probably you know around your house whatever. I don't care. Like that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. Like you're if you're cutting the lawn, who cares? Like. Uh, um, as long as you're not like standing next to your neighbor, hugging them or something like <laughs> while the lawnmower is running in the background, like whatever, like it, it doesn't matter. Like it is, but like when you have to go to like Walmart or if you have to go to like, like any of the, whatever store, like if you have to go get your oil changed or something like that, which is the thing that my family has to do often. Um, like that is a time when like you gotta, like you should be thinking about that. But I just think that because people haven't had to deal with that, 
yet. Um, it is a thing that like when it hits the rural areas, it's going to hit it hard. Um, oh, yeah. And and that's why I had to prepare a lot of my family for that, like right away. Um, and I, I, you know, it is a combination of all those factors. It's not one any one thing, I think. Um, but I think it is. There's a level of comfortability, comfortability um, uh, that I think that is there that like they're like, oh, it's not going to hit us. Like, you know, it's going to be in the cities. It's not going to be here. Um, yeah. Or like, it's just a, yeah, like maybe they think it isn't like passable uh, because they're out in such spaced areas. But um, okay. we don't, we on... don't like there's, there's so much we still don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, I think about rural environments a lot, rural communities. And I wonder sometimes if some of the, the feeling of, of not in being invincible, but of less care is just given to the fact that they are on their own for most things. Like yeah. you think of it, it's a there's a very DIY culture when you're in a rural community. You you rely oh, yeah. on your neighbors a lot. If your roof has a hole in it, you fix it. You know, if there's yeah. like a there's a whole lot of of grit um, yeah. that you earn by virtue of being a rural American. Uh, oh, yeah. And I can't help but and wonder I, sometimes if that plays into the I don't need to worry about this because I've survived everything um, mentality that that comes out is just this. Because it, it also happens that there's there's far less diverse environments out there in the rural areas. So you've got more like people that just see each other, don't think much about anything outside of that bubble. Um, I mean, you could say the same thing about metropolitan areas. If we forget rural yeah. people. Rural people don't give a crap oh, yeah. what happens in the city. Uh, so it's exactly. definitely a, a just kind of a cultural thing you've established. But yeah. I wonder if that plays into that. I don't wear a mask because eh, I've had the flu. Yeah. I've I do this all this stuff. I put fifteen nails through my hand yesterday, and I bandaided it. Uh, yeah. And working. my neighbors in my bubble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and to, and just to go back real quick, like I, I'm not saying it's like just not that that attitude is not necessarily just in the rural areas. Like right. it is, of course, also in the uh, the metropolitan areas too. Because like, listen, I have stared at Instagram for so many hours. Um, my my Instagram usage over the course of the last eight months is probably disgusting. Um, <laughs> Do you feel better for it though? That's the question. Kind of. I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I've seen the amount of people that are in cities too. Like they are like at parties. They are like 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 lots of people being together. Now, of course, some of these people are also getting tested. So like that's. That's not to say whether or not maybe as long as you're safe, as long as you're like, consciously minded, you know that you're not not going to be in an environment like as long as you know that like you're a group of friends or like, you know, that you're all being safe and good like that. I, I don't that doesn't affect me. That That's like fine. If you want to do that, just be careful. Um, but like that's not to say that it isn't in the cities, too, because like, you know, I've heard stories of like things getting shut down in like New York. I've heard things of like getting shut down in Los Angeles. I've seen like people like going on like vacations uh, like near like San Diego and stuff and like partying it up on boats and stuff. And you're like, what is like what is happening? Like, yeah. um, but it's just like as long as you're I don't care as long as you are being consciously minded and safe. That's that's yeah. fine. That's like that's. Just do it. I totally understand why it feels good. I like totally understand like the need to get out. I know understand the need to interact and be social. It, you know, dopamine in our brains tells us to do or whatever the uh, thing is in our head that like makes us feel good. Uh, yeah. Like just like I, I totally understand. Just be safe. Just be like good and conscious and know what you've been around and like 
yeah it it, it yeah. varies like there again it is like i mean this is probably like a not a nihilist answer but like i i totally understand <laughs> like like it's as long as you know what you're doing and you're being safe and you're not being reckless then like fine okay i get it so like that attitude can like it just depends on the circumstances that are around you and just yeah, making the most sure. of that i guess absolutely so a couple of quick questions before we, we move on but sure. you mentioned groceries a couple of times I gotta hear it. What's the best thing you cook during this pandemic? So that's the shocker. Uh, I live in an apartment that does not have a kitchen. Oh, uh, shoot. Yeah. So I, um, and that was not because I wanted to live in an apartment that doesn't have a kitchen. Uh, I had a circumstance uh, where basically I had to move out with like, not no notice, because that's not fair uh, to my former roommate. Um, that is like, I had two months to like move out of a place. Um, and basically the entire situation like devolved into madness, um, into like an after hours level of like just absurdity. And basically I had like, I ended up moving into a place that like, it's not much bigger than the other side of the room here. Um, <laughs> and so I don't have a kitchen. I don't cook. I get meals, uh, from freshly. Um, okay. so if, if you guys know that, uh, little service where you get like your meal, they're already cooked. You just throw them in a microwave. Uh, and they're like, you know, semi healthy ish. Um, uh, so I get my most of my most of my meals. I get like I get like 10 of those a week. So like I okay. get most of my meals are pretty, uh, pretty decent. Um, so it's like Blue Apron, only it's kind of a more uh, it's a further version of Blue Apron. Blue yeah, Apron it, just puts together all of the components and you go and cook it. This is yeah. they put together the components, they cook it. Then all you yeah. have to do is just microwave it at the end. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, and so, but like, so like I get all that delivered. I've got, I pretty much just eat cereal for breakfast unless I go nice. to the local, the local coffee shop nearby, which I did this morning. Um, and it made me feel good. Um, and, uh, uh, so I get most of that stuff delivered and anything else I want outside of that. I also like, that's the, that's the other thing that gets delivered is like, I'll just like do like either, you know, local Ralph's or like the Amazon delivery service, like mm -hmm. the Amazon fresh or whatever. Like I'll, I'll do any supplementary things that I want is like what I'll get through there. So like it's, you know, it's a combination of that. And then like, uh, you know, there's, we have Postmates and yeah. all that stuff. So I get like, I get maybe one or two like actual, like, you know, like pizza or whatever, you know, you can think of like faux or like whatever, like maybe once or twice a week. So like it is, I do keep it like a little bit varied, yeah. uh, but it, for the most part, it is the freshly meals. Okay. Very cool. And then the second question I have is what's the strangest quarantine activity that you either did or were a part of oh my god um that is a very good question um i don't i can't i don't have an answer i i because i'm i'm so relatively locked down i have not seen people i've not seen <laughs> like I've, I've seen like two of my coworkers once for like two minutes um ah. so like the strangest activity i could say is like just when all this started is just going to the grocery store and realizing like that, like they've turned my Trader Joe's into a maze. Yes. <laughs> so like, so uh, you're a hundred percent right. That first time I went into the grocery store, I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Cause like the, the, the Trader Joe's that I like go to, uh, is like, uh, it's like, it's, it's relatively small store. Cause it's like, a, it's not a boutique store. It's like a, it, smaller grocery store with like more nifty niche things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and so like, but it's a smaller store. So like they, it's a mate. It's like, you literally go aisle by aisle, but they like, 
you know, beforehand, like people were just running by uh, willy nilly. They had to turn it into a maze because people were just running into each other. And, you know, that's, you know, in the beginning stages of a pandemic, probably not a great idea. Um, So like they, they quickly turned that into a maze. Like other than that, like I, the other stranger, like strange activities is just like streaming or like, uh, or just like, uh, writing or like I I can't I, I wish I had a better answer I don't I don't no. I'm, I, I'm I've re- I've seen you streaming a whole lot more since yeah. this pandemic because we've watched you quite a few times we've rated you quite yeah, a few you. times <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 been great to watch you stream thanks uh yeah and back at you guys um I'm I'm I know I know I have to pop into the chats more often um but sometimes like it depends on what the day is because like you know we got live sports to deal with or like whatever oh, yeah. um but yeah like just that or like. Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a great, like exciting, fun answer. I didn't go to like Cabo or anything or like, you know, like I, I, I've pretty much maintained the same boring existence for like the last several months. Like the only like other exciting things that I've done is like, just write. That's it. Like just write. I've, hey, I've like that's a good answer. That's a yeah, good, those are the kind of things that, and, and I'm going to ask you this later, but I'll, I'll wait on this one. And we're okay. also going to talk about sports guys too, by the way. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Cause I, I want to hear, I want to hear some, uh, some responses to some questions about yeah. sports later. Sure. Well, let's, uh, let's pivot, uh, from that to, to talk about Jacob, you, you had some, some round table stuff you wrote down. I want to get what, how you're feeling over the last week. <laughs> Yeah, so there are three things that I want to chat about. Three. Sure. Number one, my child is crawling. Oh, oh my goodness. He's <laughs> just turning seven months next week, and I'm not prepared. Yeah. <laughs> not prepared at all for that transition, because before you put him down, you yeah. can walk and go do something and come back 30 seconds later, and he's still there, and he's looking at you, and he's yeah. cute, and he's wonderful. And now you put him down, and you turn around. You don't even walk. You just turn mm. around to go like pick up a cup of coffee, and he's already halfway across the room, and you're like, shit, get back here. I haven't <laughs> finished protecting the house. And I'm not they prepared, quick. guys. Mm. Yeah. I'm not prepared. Um. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's kind of a big thing going on with me this week. So I've, I'm I'm enlisting the help of some friends, uh, <coughs> Stephen, um, to come over this weekend and help me finish baby proofing the house before he completely wrecks himself, uh, because he's going to. I know he's going no. to. Um, it's, on, it's on the air. You have to help him now. I, oh, yeah. I know. I'll get called out by the entire <laughs> Legion of Dorks if I don't show up. <laughs> yep, and I'll I'll keep Discord abreast of whether or not he has or not. How about that? <laughs> I like it. Hold you accountable. That's fair. Um, so the second thing is going to be a little bit uh, deeper, and I don't want to get too deep into it because then we'll we'll start getting into politics, and I want to try to avoid politics. But you know, some of the world, some of the nation's experts um, have come out recently and said, you know, we're in a real bad spot, guys. This is not a good place that we're in right now. We're coming into flu season. We're coming into cold season. People are going to be cooped up in their houses. They're going to be going to other people's houses. They're going to be locked in enclosed environments. They're not going to be outdoors. We're in a bad situation, and it's getting worse. And those people are about to get fired. And that sucks because they're the ones who are telling us, guys, let's do the right thing here. Let's try to figure out a way to try to make this a little bit more tolerable. Let's try to get through this pandemic. And they're going to pay a consequence for, for, for saying that. And yeah. to me, as a scientist, it crushes me when, when 
you're referred to as idiots and and looked down upon because you're just trying to give information and ultimately that's that's what's going to happen is there's going to be a, quite a few people that lose their jobs over the next few months uh, because they came out and said what I think is the right thing but uh, some other people may may disagree and and think that they came out a little too strong um, so I'm I'm a little disheartened from that perspective because. I see that we're in a bad place. I think everybody can see that we're in a bad place. If you look at the graphs, technically we're in a, a pretty big third wave right now, and it's only yeah. getting worse. And and we'll talk about that probably in the news a little bit. But um, yeah, it's 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 coming. It, it's just to jump on that, like real quick, like that baffles me in so many different ways. Because one, like the scientists, you know, they. Not everything is going to be 100%, but they are trying to get as close to 100% as possible, right? Like things are going to happen like, you know, you might have a data, like some data that like maybe goes a little bit askew maybe once or twice. And that happens. That's the scientific method. We are trying, you know, that's why you test things repeatedly again and again. And like we are trying to get out of one of the worst situations that we've ever been in. And to like me, the people not listening to the people that are like doing data driven, uh, science driven things is insane like we should be listening to these people we should be doing everything possible uh you know within reason obviously but like we should be listening to these people because they're like trying to tell us what to do and like it is beyond my imagination that we are like not that we're just like nope don't have to listen to you don't care like that's there's a reason why it's called the Center for Disease Control, right? Yeah. And if you don't listen to the Center for Disease Control, then who are you going to listen to? And yeah. then you got diseases. And then, like, because <laughs> yeah, you, you failed to control them. Properly. And these are people. These are people <laughs> with decades of experience. Yeah. Right. That like we're like sitting here. And we're like this. Like you know, if you want to talk about Fauci or like anybody else, like these guys have like. They've they've been around since like 1979 or like some like some crazy thing. They've lived through the AIDS crisis. Like they've they've been through so many like you know H1N1. Like they've been through so many things. And you're like, why would you fire these people? What is <laughs> like what what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Like it it, yeah. it baffles to me my to my core. That's I don't know. It's yeah it it yeah it makes absolutely yeah, yeah it makes it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, and these same people who are upset that the scientists are doing this. And they're like, it was a bunch of idiots. They're just a bunch of scientists. They don't know things. They're not down here in the real world or something. Mm -hmm. Are the same people that would hire a plumber if they didn't know why their toilet was stopped up. And they'd be like, what's going on? Or a furnace guy. They call the furnace guy and they'd say, hey, furnace guy, why is my furnace not working? And furnace guy's like, all this, they don't go, what reason do I have to believe you? Um, furnace you know, guy, <laughs> furnace guy. So why do we treat scientists like that? I don't. It's it's like almost a fear an intellect a fear of intellectuals. Um, like they couldn't possibly know what my immune system can do. Uh, yeah, and I'm and sorry, I'm giving all that, a country like, accent, but that's yeah, what's and that's not head. to say that like some people aren't like giant jerks about some of this stuff, and you can absolutely be giant jerks about this stuff sometimes. Uh, and I totally get it, but like that, and that'll turn people off. But like that mean that doesn't mean it should color your entire existence of it. But yeah. here we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. here we are. And well, the, um, the third thing I wanted to mention, I'm going to move away from this and pivot a little bit. Is get ready, guys. I'm warning you now. There's quite a few articles out there. There's quite a few things going on. Stockpiling is about to become a real thing again. 
mm-hmm. especially if we go into any kind of little restrictions or especially around the holiday season when people start purchasing more items and uh, it gets cold again, so they don't want to go out. So there's going to be purchasing a more um, same items that will probably be gone before are going to be gone again. Maybe the, the bread, uh, maybe some of the um, canning supplies, maybe not so much, but um, the yeast and the, the toilet papers and the paper towels and the cleaning supplies, and the hand wipes and all of that stuff could very well start flying off the shelves again. I read an article just yesterday talking about how they're already starting to see some strains on the current systems and they're starting to run out of supplies already. So if I were in in my shoes, I'm going to make sure that I have enough supplies because I don't right. want to get caught with my pants down again. Mm. Yeah, and no toilet paper yeah. uh, for those no toilet pants. paper. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad. Yeah, that's that bad move. like especially when like all this first started too, right? Like when like the and uh, not hoarding. That's not the right word. Uh, like all the stockpiling. Um, like when all that first started, like I like especially like the toilet paper and stuff. You're like, how? What? Like what? Why is that the thing that fl- flies off the shelf? Um, but like. Uh, I had to like kind of navigate that myself, especially not having a car, not being able to like jump from like grocery store to grocery store before yeah. having the grand old idea of getting everything delivered. Um, I had, I had like, especially like toilet paper. Like I like couldn't find any in the stores, but if I went to seven 11, I could find an industrial size roll of toilet paper. That's the size of my like upper chest. Uh, <laughs> that wouldn't fit in the roll because it's yeah. too big it, it's, yeah. it sticks against the wall and i'm not kidding i subsisted off of that for like two months before i had to go out and like then like you know the supplies started coming back in yeah. so like I, I i found i had to find little weird ways like depending upon what it was to like m- make the most of it for like a time like a week maybe a month maybe what like depending on whatever the supply was um and so, like, I had to find, like, weird little ways of, like, doing that. And like you said, you know, you don't want to get caught with your pants down. And, like, I totally understand that sentiment. I don't want to get caught like that again. I don't want to have, like, I don't want to have to, like, run to 7-Eleven and get, like, the worst quality paper you've ever had, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, But, like, it, it worked. Yeah. So, like, it, it, that, <laughs> one that's what it was. sand paper. That's what yeah. it is. Uh, Steven <laughs> yeah. is all about the quality of taking care of his butt. So listen to Steven if you want to know what good quality toilet paper is, because he's he's all about the the care of people's butts. Any any you don't want to walk around like a penguin. No. And any proctologist (laughs) in the universe will tell you that normal toilet paper is the worst thing you can do for your butt. Uh, Wet wipes are the jam. Uh, Just every plumber will tell you don't flush them, which I know sounds gross. But, and every yeah. civil engineer will say you're blogging, clogging up all the pipes and you're going to get yeah. one of those big, huge balls that clogged up all of London and San Francisco and everything else. Yeah. He had it happen in my apartment complex. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. Is... I woke up one morning and I was like, what is that smell? Um, because like once or twice I had heard like, you know, you, you hear like your toilet bubbling and you're yes. like, oh, that can't be good. Like something, something's a, a miss here in, uh, pleasantville um <laughs> uh and i'm like something something's going on and like you know you start like flushing things and like you're like oh that's slower than usual like that's or it's like not refilling and you're like okay something's up and then like the next morning i woke up and there was sewage in my bathtub oh and luckily yeah and Ooh. uh you know it was a major one when like some like before you even have the chance to call someone like I like I have an online website that you can contact maintenance for. 
um because we're hip and in the 21st century um over here at this apartment complex yeah and uh before i could even contact before my like request went through there was a dude here with like a roto rooter like the size of a pickup truck and like and like you heard drilling underground uh because that's how bad it was and so like like yeah it ain't no joke and like you could tell like the you could hear like expletives or something like going on they don't like it it's, yeah, it's it was ba- not the. They use like it's it's like a snake hooked up to an air compressor. Uh, oh, yeah. so it's it's an it's a gnarly machine that, that goes in. Y- and you know, it's it. it's real like serious because like that thing will shred like a metal pipe basically. <laughs> yes, yeah, you need to be careful with it. Uh, no. But anyway, um, thanks Jacob for filling us in. I don't, I don't really. Yeah, what's on any- your mind? I don't have anything new. I really don't. I haven't done much in the last week. I'm, I'm trying to to, like, be safe. Like Coleman said, like I need to go get some wood to finish this project, and I haven't done it yet because I keep going. I need to go get some wood, but I don't take Sam with me anywhere. Um, no, and I, I don't, and I want to because the dude doesn't even know there's a world out there anymore. Like right. every time who, we go, who doesn't want to have an experience? Yeah, who doesn't want to have an experience with their son raising them in the world? <laughs> right, taking them to like I yeah. want to go to this wood shop and see if I can find this uh, this these this plywood I want to use to build this box, and uh, and I want to take him because that place is super cool. They've got all these neat tools. They've got all these giant slabs of wood. Like it's one of those places mm. that sells these huge natural slabs, uh, yeah. so you can find these really cool pieces. But I'm I'm not gonna take him because it just ex- explosive and then like I keep thinking I I can relax a little bit. And then last night he had an asthma attack uh, and started coughing everywhere, and that that reminds me again. He's one of those <laughs> that if he no. were to get it and it were to be bad, I no one will ever. No one who hasn't had an experience with a kid that can't breathe understands what it's really like to have an ex- no. to have a kid that can't breathe. It's the mm. most terrifying thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I think about that every time I'm like, this daggone disease, uh, mm. if if he gets it, it could be it could be really bad. So you gotta give him a hit of albuterol and just hope for the best. Um but yeah, it's I'm still in I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of in a zone again though. Like I've been mm. on this roller coaster ride and now I'm in this like whatever i'm just gonna yeah. do my thing the temperature's calming down i've been outside blowing leaves we've been jumping on the trampoline we got sam a trampoline because you need to put your children somewhere to wear out their their energy <laughs> um that's been great for the whole family really i got yeah. an elliptical machine off craigslist for 400 dollars less than new um i've used it watched the season finale of ducktales while doing uh doing some running Ooh. That was that was great. Um, <laughs> Stephanie made fun of me, by the way. She's like, "What did you watch while you're exercising?" I said, "Ducktales." She's like, "Stop it!" It's like I wanted <laughs> to see what happened. It was the season Getting finale. Roasted by I your wife. It. Yeah. Look, Ducktales. That remake. That yeah. remake is legit. It's really mm-hmm. good. It's really good. Yeah. I'm a grown up, and I think it's really well written, and I've laughed multiple times. That's um, the one with David Tennant, right? Yes, David Tennant huh. plays Scrooge McDuck. Um, but another around here, we're continuing with like movie nights and stuff. We watched Ernest goes to jail tonight. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you guys, Coleman, I don't know if you grew up or or had experience of Ernest. Uh, I have not grown up, but I have had a minor experience with Ernest. Yeah. So I was a big Ernest P. Worrell kid when I was little. I watched his Saturday morning show, 
Uh, and I was like, Sam, I want you to watch an earnest movie with me because I was into it when I was five or six, and I want you to check yeah. it out. He laughed his head off, and I was like, <laughs> this has stood the test of time because he was like talking to me about it, laughing. Anyway, yeah. that was my joy tonight was watching him giggle um, like crazy over <laughs> Ernest goes to jail. Uh, there's a moment like Jacob, you'll experience this too with with uh, with with your son. Is when you ex- you share a thing that you always enjoyed with your kid and they enjoy it back. It's yeah. like holy crap, we've had a moment. Um, <laughs> it's it's that the universal best. experience. Yeah, we've both we've shared a thing and it's it's a great joy. Uh, but anyway, let's get on to some news real quick. I know we've been, we've been doing this show almost an hour, so we'll try and talk a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're a freaking podcaster. Welcome to the club. We all talk too much. I, I'm uh, a Ranahan. I talk way too much. Yes, yes. You could say your mouth. You ran a Ranahan away with your mouth. That's stupid. See <laughs> Pat Ranahan, Hanahan, Hanahan. Oh, oh yeah, that's. That moniker is there for a reason. <laughs> you just never know when to quit saying your last name. Um, all right, here we go. Let's do some news. In a twist on loyalty programs, Emirates is promising travelers a free funeral if infected with COVID. That's the airline, right? Um, yeah. Emirates Insurance <laughs> Emirates Insurance for Travelers stipulates that if one of its passengers is diagnosed with COVID-19 during their journey, the Dubai-based airline will cover their medical expenses up to about $176,000 U.S. It will pay $110 per day for quarantine costs, such as a hotel room, for up to two weeks. And if the worst happens, Emirates will offer about $1,765 for a passenger's funeral. The insurance is automatic with ticketing, effective immediately, and carries no fees for travelers. It's an interesting idea. It delivers share of mind on steroids. It demonstrates the integrity of the brand to the public, and it shows that they have empathy for their customers and understand the current environment. I don't know that I would consider that empathy for your customers. I I don't think so. We want you on this plane even if you die. I have a bone to pick with brands okay uh, here we go should we do the mad as hell should we do the mad as hell button I, I oh yes please i'm as mad as hell you know what really grinds my gears you wouldn't like me when i'm angry i have a bone to pick with brands that think they can announce stuff like this and it'll be the greatest thing that like the earth has ever heard right so like la just did this not like a week ago Right. So like, you know, whether it's a city or it's a brand, they announce these things where like, guess what? Even though it's COVID times, we'll give you 20 bucks off your ticket if you pay it right away during COVID. And you're like, like, what? what? Or like, it was like some weird like stipulation where like, like, it's like, sorry, like bad things happened. Like, here's 20 bucks off this thing. Like, it's a great <laughs> thing. It's not a great thing. Stop announcing it like it's a great thing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like like just stop like brands have to like be aware and read the room when things are like this are happening because it, again it is a once in a lifetime pandemic stop announcing things like it's the greatest thing ever like you have to like read sensitivity into these things and you can't be like well guess what we'll like cover your funeral if like things happen like oh like no 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 no, no. that doesn't make me want to fly you necessarily that like makes me want to like just stay home like (laughs) (laughs) anyway i'm I'm sorry i've exploded 
That's beautiful. I do find it interesting that they say, we'll pay for your funeral. So yeah. if you die coming on our airlines, we're going to pay for it, is essentially what they're saying. But we're not going to give you a whole lot of money. We're only going to give you yeah. $1,700, and the average funeral costs $6,000. So, yeah, we're only going to pay for a part of your funeral. We're only you're not going to pay for all of it, but yeah, maybe the cast. That's, that's about covered. what we can pay for. I mean, what, but wait. Think of the discounts, though. The, like, some of that cost is going to be getting your rotting corpse back to your destination. Yeah. I, I mean, if you if you were to die abroad, you know, like, yeah. come yeah, on. Then man. you have to get like the State Department involved. You have to get like bureaucrats. It's so like, there's, like there's there's more than just that involved. You're like costing the taxpayers money on top of that. Yeah. So like there's there's way so there's way way more involved with this than just that. Yeah, it, they're gonna they're gonna pony up one hundred seventy six thousand dollars for medical expenses, but they won't pony up a little bit of extra cash for a funeral. It's yeah, like here, if you get sick, we're gonna pay for it all the way up to two hundred thousand dollars. If you die, here's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane to me. <laughs> Come on, guys, like just oh. Uh, anyway, well, let's move on to France and Germany and England because they imposed new lockdowns as mm. the pandemic of uh, fatigue seeps in across Europe and COVID cases soar. Europe is all, uh, already seeing uh, new COVID cases and deaths soar, prompting governments to roll out strict lockdown uh, measures to slow the spread. Since the beginning of the pandemic, many epidemiologists in the U.S. have looked to Europe as something of a harbinger of what's to come in the U.S. Now epidemiologists and public health specialists are warned that the U.S. could share the similar fate as Europe if action is not taken quickly to counter the autumn surge. As in the United States, uh, as the United States teeters on the edge of what some calls uh, the start of dark winter with roughly 90,000 new COVID-19 cases per day. There was almost 100,000 cases the other day. That's insane here in the U.S. I I think that actually happened today. It did. It's it's stupid numbers. That's where we're at is just stupid numbers. Um, we were talking about twenty or 30,000 cases a couple of months ago, and now we're at 100,000 cases. We're like, no, it's all God. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Anyway, uh, Europe is already seeing an astronomical number of new cases and deaths, prompting governments to roll out uh, strict lockdown measures to slow the spread. However, like the U.S., pandemic fatigue has set in across Europe, where many residents say pubs and bars in the U.K. and France have been packed ahead of the the implementation of these lockdowns. Uh, It's led also to a resurgence in the virus across Europe and America, where many people miss human contact and have grown very weak, uh, very weary of working in isolation uh, for the months on end. The worsening outbreak in Europe is starting to strain local hospitals there and which epidemiologists worry will happen in the U.S. in the coming weeks, which is, you know, interestingly, you were mentioning rural areas. That's really what I'm concerned about here in the U.S. is when the rural areas get hit, it may not hit like, you know, go through them like wildfire. But what it will do is just put stress on those hospitals to where they're just bursting at the seams. And it sounds like that's starting to happen in Europe. There are some yeah. rural hospitals all out the all throughout the Midwest that literally have a doctor and a nurse, um, yeah. generally on staff uh, to deal with stuff like this, and those people are going to get hammered. I mean, we've already seen Utah talking about lo- they they locked people down again or sent out a, one of the the like a statewide alerts via the cell phone network to say stop going out, be safe. It's not like a lockdown, but they're like, our hospitals are hurting. And if our hospitals are hurting, our first responders are hurting. If our first responders are hurting, we've got no one to take care of anyone. Um, 
so it's just it's we need to take the, what's happening in Europe real seriously. I mean, we never got out of 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 this scenario really. We've just been crawling into it, but it makes me kind of regret not going anywhere back in July or June mm-hmm. as it gets worse moving into winter cuz you're like you want to be more relaxed as time has gone on, but really you would have been better off trying to travel in July when yeah. it still sucks. It sucks now. <laughs> Yeah, with 20,000 cases were happening a day across the United States in very isolated pockets, really. You avoided Florida. You avoided New York. You avoided Arizona. Um, There were some very isolated pockets and that were really the leading cases, right? Yeah, and that's like a lot. Whereas the rest of the country just had this ember, this slow burn. Right. Um, But now it's 100,000 cases. It isn't pockets anymore. It's starting to catch fire. It's widespread. Uh, this is a fun one. India's low hygiene gives it more immunity against the virus. Helps in COVID fight. Uh, this is pretty fascinating. In, uh, this was coming from some doctor over there. I summarized the article. You had to forgive me. It's in the show notes. Uh, we also looked at the sanitation levels. There's a hygiene hypothesis that says if you are exposed to various pathogens since childhood, you are capable of dealing with them better. Low hygiene means more pathogens, and the body's immune system is better trained to deal even with the new ones. When that training is not there, it overreacts, leading to the cytokine storm, which can turn fatal. Uh, The study compared publicly available data from 106 countries, including COVID-19 deaths per million, GDP, incidences of non-communicable diseases such as diabetes, hypertension, etc., and sanitation data. That was interesting that it showed that uh, countries with greater, higher GDP, or first world countries, more likely to have a, a bigger issue with covid than countries that were poorer. Uh, And this fires back to many episodes ago with Kelly Lynn Colby, uh, who suggested, um, maybe not on the show, but in Discord, uh, tudorks.net slash Discord, uh, that the the immune system, if not exercised continuously, has more likelihood of attacking stuff it doesn't need to attack. Um, because there's in, in greater, I think she she had said in first world countries, the higher, there's a higher likelihood of autoimmune disease than in places where the immune system is constantly being tested by outside grossness. Um, places like India where clean water, clean sewage, sanitation is not as readily available to as many people. And, and I mean, this tracks with things we know now, like you expose, you let your kids eat dirt when they're small because they need those those pathogens, those that that stuff in their system so that it tells their immune system, this is bad. The other stuff that we're doing is fine, and the army doesn't get restless and decide, yeah. now is the time to eat the brain, because um, that's not what we want. But I thought that was pretty uh, a curious study. Yeah, and for me, I, I worry about it personally, because, I mean, tater tots... Uh, an infant, right? Or uh, rolling into the toddler stage every day. Um, But he hasn't been exposed to anything yet. I don't even think he's had a stuffy nose. I mean, he he just, he hasn't been sick. And the reason is because he hasn't been exposed to anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. So part of me worries long-term about this because I I, I don't see this changing in the near future. Um, So it could be up to two years, a year and a half before he's exposed to anything. Yeah, sure. uh, it's one of those interesting like silver linings like, to bring that back again. Like, you, like things you know kind of suck there, but like, yeah, I guess you got like a little bit of an immunity to that kind of thing. But like, that that's like one versus that's like one versus the other, right? Like, you know, you've either got like a great like 
like level of infrastructure to be able to take on those kinds of things um, versus like not. Yeah. And like it, the implementation of those things is like crucial too, right? Like we're like, if you don't like, you could have like a hygienic society, but if you're not prepared for like crazy things, then bad things will happen. Right. Yeah. And like, that's like, I guess the silver lining to having like a society that like, or like a, an area where like things are not so great. And like, it's a weird thing to think about. And like, I don't, it's not a great necessarily thing to praise. Cause like, you're like, things could be better for these people. Um, but like, then, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm exactly getting at here, but like, it, it's just a weird trade off. Right. Mm. We're like, things could be better, but like, at least you've kind of got like an immunity to like these things, like yeah. these certain things here and there. And like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's a weird silver lining to me, I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head. It's weird silver lining, but it, you're you're right. Well, let's talk about North Korea. North Korea warns yellow dust is coming from China. Um, North Korea has warned its citizens to stay indoors over fears that yellow dust, which blows over China, could bring the coronavirus with it. The streets of Pyongyang were reported to be virtually empty on Thursday following the warning. Um, blah 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 blah. Uh, I don't think we need to read all of this, but the bottom line is, is that they fear that the yellow dust contains um, uh, COVID and it's flying over the city. And um, the state head mouthpiece says we must clearly recognize the danger of invasious malicious viruses that's in the dust cloud. So the bottom Mm -hmm. line is, is the folks from North Korea think that the the yellow dust coming from China is carrying the coronavirus. Um, and they've also been one of the states, uh, one of the the countries that have pretty much said we haven't been affected at all by the coronavirus yet. So yeah, which is a lie, uh, obviously, right? Because like that's <laughs> yeah. the thing where like that's it's that's a thing where you're like, okay, you know the government's lying because that's a thing that like what, right when when uh, the nuclear disaster happened at Chernobyl back in the day, the Russians were like, yeah, nothing. We only had like three thousand people die when like in reality it was like thirty thousand or something, it was like some, yeah, it was either huge. thirty or ninety thousand or something. Like yeah. people ended up dying or something from that. Like that's a thing where like you okay, you no, you have been affected. You just don't want to say it, right? When like countries like Iran are like having like people on like live television sweating profusely, like you know it's already near like those regions. Like, th- no, no, no. Nice, nice try. Like, that's, that's, you're not fooling anybody there. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's North Korea. Who's surprised? Yeah. Um, business as usual. The Sydney cocaine use bounces back after COVID-19 dip. This is coming out of Australia. Uh, <laughs> lucky little you nation. this was coming. I wish Landon was here to I wish Landon was here to experience this one. <laughs> the first, the first thing I think of when I think of Australia is not cocaine. Uh, it's not where I'm no, at. No, me either. Yeah, uh, Sydney's cocaine. Sydney's cocaine consumption took a hit when the initial COVID nineteen lockdown was imposed earlier this year, but use of the prohibited party drug has quickly recovered. In April, as coronavirus restrictions took hold, cocaine use in Sydney was estimated to be about 950 milligrams for every 1,000 people per day. I don't know if that's a lot. Uh, This compared to around 600 milligrams in Melbourne and 500 milligrams in Brisbane. Uh, Consumption levels in April were down from summer. Uh, but by Feb, by June, following the easing of coronavirus restrictions in New South Wales, consumption rebounded to 1.35 grams. Uh, so if cocaine's your jam and you don't like COVID, Australia's a good place to be. I think Australia actually recorded zero cases for the first time 
uh, the other day. Yep. So if anyone's interested in moving to a place that speaks English and may just be a upside down version of what North America is, uh, take Probably a stab at Australia. The yeah, mm-hmm. they they flush those people walk upside down. Uh, there's like kangaroos and stuff. It's a weird place. Summer is winter. Winter is summer. I mean, it's just all kinds of craziness. Yeah. You want to celebrate Christmas in your shorts? Uh, it's, it's the place to be. Um, uh, I already do that and I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, <that's> true. <laughs> you don't have to go to Australia, but come on. The yeah. accents are better. You've got Tam, Tim oh, no. Tams. I absolutely have to go to Australia at some point. Not Bet just for might. the cocaine. Yeah. Not just for the cocaine, but I mean, um, uh, <laughs> Right. Like that. That's a really interesting thing, too, because like I don't I don't know anything about cocaine. I don't know anything about uh, you're in most L.A. Don't lie I, to me. Yeah, yeah I was going to say <laughs> where sales drugs cheaply. You're like around the corner right there. <laughs> if we want to go, if we want to go on the record about anything, I've been offered cocaine once, did not do it. So <laughs> good for you, Um, because uh, I already know my own heart and already having palpitations. And I'm like, I'm not messing with that stuff because like that. I don't want to like, like just keel over like no, thanks. Yeah. Coffee will um, never work like, again. Yeah, like I, what is it like? Does I don't know if this is like. I wonder if that like. Obviously, you're not able to get to a, like a dealer, right? So like you know, people are locked down, and like that just makes me also think like, what if people like thought it did something to like their immune systems too, or something like right? Like you wouldn't want to be like compromised in any way by drugs or something like because you're like I'm. That's true. Like, what if you had to go out a lot? Like, I don't know. You know, I think the drug dealers are missing an opportunity for COVID. <laughs> we need to have DoorDash for drugs. <laughs> the, that's we the plot need of what you base, need. Right? We will DoorDash. bring to you and drop it off at your front door and take a picture and send it to you and say it's here. Yeah, that's what we it? need. DoorDash for drugs. What was this, the company in uh, Half Baked where they delivered the weed? What did oh, they call Mr. It? Happy. Um, <laughs> God, what oh, was it? Was... Shoot. Um, I'm I haven't seen that title. movie in ages. Oh my gosh! It, it was yeah, you're right. It was like Mr. Happy Pants or something. There was something. Well, California remember. essentially has that. Like we have a company called Ease uh, out here that like delivers weed like everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. And in Oregon, they just they they let you grow weed. They let you smoke weed. Now the, this this election yesterday, they. Uh, they pass shrooms and LSD and uh, yeah. all kinds of craziness up in yeah. Oregon. So I have you're, a funny feeling. I have a funny Mr. feeling people nice are going to take guy. the Oregon thing out of context, but um, because like uh, yeah. they 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 legalize stuff, but they it's not like dealer amounts. Like you can't like get like gobs and gobs of drugs. Like you can't like yeah. walk out the door with like drugs stacked a mile high, right? It's like, like an arm full of drugs. Yeah. I've got drugs, guys. <laughs> Like, you can't just walk out the door with that kind of stuff. Like, there is some restrictions to that. And, like, of course, yeah. you know, you're not going to be able to get, like, the nuclear-grade stuff that you want. <laughs> so. <laughs> Mr. Nice Guy was the name of the weed company in half oh, Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. That so. is a perfect name for a delivery service. Yeah, yeah. All right. And there, you're right. There are more com- com- uh, states with weed on the uh, on the agenda. Maybe North Carolina will get some medical marijuana there in two, on the ballot in a couple years. No way. It'll it'll go through federal government before. I mean, eventually the federal government's going to have to step in and go, okay, we've got way too many states where it's decriminalized and, de- and legalized, right? Yeah. And yeah. we've got to get it a, a, a common uh, sense approach across the nation. And that's yeah. when the Bible Belt will actually have to just cave in and go in lockstep with the rest of the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, and, uh, anyway, well, it's a ru- everything will be ruined then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everyone who has drugs. done they'll, weed. They'll say will that do initially, the but then they'll see the tax dollars that come in from it, and then we'll see if that's yeah. a different discussion. 
Sell and what I don't understand about store. Yeah. I was going to say, what I don't understand about North Carolina is that they already have the infrastructure to be able to sell this and tax the shit out of it. They've got mm. their own stores that sell liquor. They sell spirits to us. The ABC store, just throw them in there and tax the shit out of it. Call it a day. Jacob, my head's going to explode because I don't know why no one flips out of the fact that there's a government-owned store that sells liquor. And unless you are the government-owned store, you can't sell liquor. And how that's what? not somehow communism. I know. That's got to be communism. Yeah. Somebody needs to just sound the alarm because we ignore it, but that's freaking how it works. No one else can sell liquor but oh. the state. I don't yep. know how I didn't know that because I, I, I was actually just recently in North, not recently, I should say like a year and a half, two years ago, I was in North Carolina, but I never went to a, I never went to a like a, you can't sell a liquor. liquor. Outside of an yeah. there's a there's a uh, there's a break point at the 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 uh, spirit level versus beer and wine level. Yes. Beer and wine could you could buy from the the local grocery store. The no. convenience stores everywhere sells beer and wine. But once you get above twenty percent alcohol or twenty two percent, I think it is, you have to go into the spirits, and that's where you have to go to the ABC store because it's taxed differently. And we have a government run store that sells to the individual. Communism. No, no, no. It's not. It's not communist. No, it's not. It's just a good, clean, wholesome way of selling. You have to. You That's have so to weird. go to the government to get the liquor. That That's is so weird. Wrong. Like, I, now, listen. I've come from like a conservative town growing up, and like <laughs> they wouldn't sell liquor on Sundays. Yeah. And like, so like, I I kind of see that in a weird way, but like, I also like that also doesn't make any sense. Like, why? When like the entirety of the United States isn't that way, why would you have it that way? It's just like old laws and stuff, right? Like that, like you're like this has just been in place for a long time. Nobody's actually like really thought to challenge it. Like why? What? What? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, North Carolina. You can only have sex missionary. Yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, eighteen yeah. hundred law, law passed in North Carolina. Yeah. And Hunter. nobody's going in the books and said, okay, let's just get rid of this thing. But in the 1800s, somebody passed a law that said you could only beg your wife in a missionary position. And guess what? It stayed on the books. <laughs> we're, hey, man, look. We're I'll have to remember that citizens. the next time I'm in Franklin. Uh, <laughs> what? There you go. All right. I'm going to get a little more serious because uh, there was uh, – an incident that happened in North Dakota that I thought I, I would at least bring up here on Staring at Goats. Um, so there was a Republican, David Andall, who actually died of the coronavirus about a month ago, but his name was on the ballot. And he was actually elected yesterday to the House of Representatives in North Dakota. And it tells you that it, it, it can affect anybody at any time. And this guy was running for an elected office and he was right in the middle of his, his election cycle, um, right in the middle of his campaign. And that's whenever he contracted the virus and, and passed away. Uh, but he was still elected. And so now I think it's the governor, the attorney general said last month that the votes cast for Andal um, should still be counted for him. And if he won, uh, they're going to vacate the seat and then either be filled by a legislative legislative member uh, party or a special vote. Uh, apparently, he was a cattle rancher. He was a race car driver. He was hospitalized for a few days. He wasn't feeling well um, whenever he tested positive for the coronavirus, and then he passed away. Um, but, you know, damn, this just sucks. I mean, you, you're talking about guy, a guy that's 
trying to help his his local economy trying to help his just do the right thing and and be a civil servant and next thing you know he's he's he passes away right in the middle of his campaign and he still gets voted in so now they got to try to figure that out as well so it's it's just a shitty situation all around that happened yesterday isn't yeah i I think that's a no go ahead ahead, coleman uh no I, i was just gonna say like that's a reminder that like this thing doesn't care like coronavirus doesn't care your political affiliation your sexual orientation doesn't like doesn't care who you are right it affects everybody yeah like and yeah. that's and like so no matter if it's a democrat or republican green party it doesn't matter like it's it could potentially affect you and i think that like you know like stories like this are always weird cuz like obviously you know like you know you have to create like a new election or like you know it has to be someone has to be appointed or something right but yeah. like the the fact that it's undercut by like the coronavirus just sucks even more. And like, I mean, if you follow my Twitter feed, you know I'm, what my affiliate status is. But like, I don't want this stuff like wished upon anybody because like this is a thing that like affects you in the worst ways. And like, you know, it can affect your heart, it can affect your lungs, it can affect you just like your body overall. And like, I dread thinking about what would happen if I got it. And yeah. like I, I would not wish this upon anybody. And the fact that it happened to like somebody who was, yes, trying to be a civil servant, right? There's somebody who trying to serve their district, trying to serve their people. Like that sucks. Like there's there's no good way around that, right? Like there's no good thing that comes out of that. Like you're you're just like this like this sucks. Like that, yeah. that's all I got. Yeah, no, there's a there's a there's a harsh truth uh, within this thing. It, this this reminded me for some reason of, of John Ashcroft uh, back in the day. Didn't he win his race for? I don't know if it was attorney general, or if he was some house, uh, some state representative at the time. But I remember he beat a dead guy. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the only other person on the ballot was a dead guy. And this one, it was kind of went the other way. I don't know why my brain went there. Look, I'm running on no sleep, and it's late. <laughs> Listen, just, listen, sometimes you just remember a guy. I just remember like John Ashcroft, and I remember everybody being terrified yeah. of him. That's, I think it, it's, that's just the, that's the way the game goes. You're just supposed yeah. to be afraid of attorneys general. Uh, they're just uh, supposed to scare you. That's, yeah. that's how they work. It's not to not to get too sidetracked real quick, but like there's that's that when I when I say remember a guy, it's a uh, that's a bit from the Defector podcast, which is a uh, sports website that like it was the old Deadspin. If you remember Deadspin, I do. Um, Vaguely. Uh, yeah, it, Defector is the new Deadspin, basically. But anyway, like they always have a bit uh, where they are like, hey, you want to remember a guy? And there's no rhyme or reason to it. They just, you remember a guy. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's random, it's weird, and then you just remember the guy. And then I you're like, hey, that was him. a guy. Yeah, yeah. I was anyway, reminded sorry. of him. I've derailed um, the show once more. No, you're good. Well, we are going to get into this sports. deep dive. Yeah, sports <laughs> time. I'm here for it. Is there music? Because I, I didn't get the music. Oh, no. Do you want me to do music? I can do music. No, I was just curious if there was music. It's not feeding back into my area. There. I did it. All right. We got we got it. So, uh, see Pat right ahead. Yes. I have a question for you. I have an answer, I think. Last week, the LA Dodgers won the World Series. Yep. Okay. I went on an epic rant about Justin Turner being an asshole. Yep. <laughs> And you live out there. Yep. And you know a lot more about Justin Turner. You know a lot more about the Dodgers organization, I'm sure, than I do. I kind of follow it a little bit, but I don't. 
Tell me about what the feeling is around Justin Turner and what he did at the end of the final World Series game last week. Yeah, so Justin Turner, right? Like, just to fill everybody back in, like, Justin, like, uh, if you're not, you didn't listen to last week's episode or anything, Justin Turner, like, had a con- inconclusive test in the second inning, I think, come back, right? And then, like, in the seventh inning, he had a test come back positive, right? So they yanked him, right? And then all of a sudden, like, he wasn't supposed to be like, they were like, he's positive, And everybody's like, holy crap, man. Like this guy was in the dugout with everybody. And like, then afterwards, Justin Turner comes out. Right. And he's set. Like they later on were like, Oh, Hey, well, let's just let him back out on the field. He can hug and kiss everybody. He can hold the trophy. <laughs> he can like do everything under the sun. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, it's like, he, it's like suddenly he doesn't have coronavirus, Right. Well, I was tech. I, I'm on a. I've got. I'm you know. I'm in fantasy football leagues. I'm in like you know text chats with a bunch of people who are like all in sports. Right? They're like, what in God's name are they doing? Right? Like it's one thing like if he's with the team and like he's already exposed them. Right? But he's like on the world stage with reporters. He's with cameramen. He's with like all these other people. And like everybody under the sun was like, what? What are you doing? What do you, what on earth possessed you to just let him out there? And like, people were like, just, well, it's, it was going to happen no matter what. We, we wanted to let him celebrate. And you're like, it doesn't matter. He has coronavirus. What are you doing? Right. And like, this is where I'm going to get a little bit heated. Right. Like, <laughs> he, I do it. He's talking, he's talking to all these other people and they know he has coronavirus. The reporter on the field is out there talking to him and like he is across the stage and you can tell in his face, he's like, I should, I should not be here. And like, you can tell that like, there's a thing going on where like in you, in LA, I've, I follow a lot of LA people on Twitter, of course. Um, uh, and like a lot of people were just like, they, they were not focusing on the fact that the Dodgers won. Uh, they were focusing on the fact that Justin Turner tested positive for coronavirus and the Dodgers were just like, well, here he goes. And like, and secondly, Dave Roberts, who's the manager of the LA Dodgers recently survived cancer. Right. I think I'm, I'm not entirely positive about that. And yeah, he's non-touched just, lymphoma. yeah. And he's just nearby Dave Roberts. And you're like, how incredibly reckless are you people being right now? Like this is like a thing. And like uh, one of the reasons I'm like a big fan of defector uh, media uh, is because the the deadspin uh, 2.0 uh, is that they were like they immediately came out and were like yeah this was the dumbest thing you possibly could have done it's a World Series trophy yeah we totally understand the feelings that come with winning a championship it's a big thing especially for the Dodgers they hadn't won in 25 years or something like that totally understand the feelings and emotions that go into it doesn't matter he had coronavirus this is a thing where you're putting people at risk. It spreads. It's like a transmission rate of like one in a thousand, right? Like you can easily spread it to 1000 people before you know it. Mm. Um, they were reckless. They were idiots. They should not have done it. They should not have let Justin Turner on the field. They should not have let him any near anybody. They should have put him like not in a lockbox, but like, you know, they, they should have like put him, sent him off to like a hospital or a hotel room or whatever to monitor him. They should have done testing. They should have been like doing everything that they could have. It doesn't matter. Why? Because they won a World Series. Their season is over. They don't care. It's money. Right? And they don't have to go through the testing protocols next week. They exactly. only had to go through the testing protocols through the last game. Then they were done. Yeah. So we're like, eh, whatever. We'll, whatever. Yeah. But I, I think I said the same thing as you the last toward the end of my rant last time was last week was that they should have never put 
this decision in the Dodgers' hands. Yes. Should have never put this decision in Justin Turner's hands. Yep. They should have Major League Baseball should have had a protocol in place to say, get him out of there. Put him yep. in a truck. Uh, put him in a um, uh, a, a big, huge freaking limo. I don't care. No. Put him sub vehicle. Bring him to the best location you could possibly yeah. find. Provide him all the champagne that he wants. Have him yeah. get drunk until his heart's content because he just won the World Series. Hell, send him some weed. You're in California, for God's sake. I don't care. Do something for the man. Treat him like a Vegas VIP. Put him in a suite. Give him everything he needs. Give him the food. Give him the, like you, like you were saying, like the drinks. Give him everything. The, the yeah. trophy's going to be there a month from now. The trophy's yes. going to be there weeks from now. Like, just put them, like, you know, at the bare minimum, 10 days away somewhere. Let them back out. They can have, like, a giant thing going on, right? Like, they can have, like, a giant, uh, like, quote-unquote, like, party or whatever it is with, like, the organization, right? You should not have been reckless with this, but it yeah. didn't matter because their season was over. They had their money. It didn't matter. Like, it's yeah. it's one of these, th like, inherent things. I love sports. Don't get me wrong. I love sports. I love being competitive. I'm not a great competitor myself. Doesn't matter. Uh, but like, there's a thing, there's an inherent ability to be able to protect people, especially not just the baseball players, right? It's the people around you that work in the stadium. It's the people in the front office. It's everywhere. You should not have put them in any danger whatsoever because you, we still don't know what this virus does. Yeah. And we still don't know the whole shebang. Like we were understanding more and more as days go on, but there's a, like, there's just so much we don't know. And you messing with people's lives is a problem to me and I hate it and I did not approve of it. And I did everything under the sun. You know, I, I do, I'm one of those doom scrollers. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll happily admit it. Uh, I was posting every perspective under the sun about why it was wrong uh, on Twitter. And I was like, this, this, this was reckless and stupid and congratulations. You've got your world series title. Uh, go away for a long time. <laughs> it's, well, that, that's here's the, the question thing, I have. It, Good. It, it did. It did overshadow the win. I mean, that's all this only yeah. story you heard. It, it's such a shame that 25 years since they've won, they, they get yeah. to win. And then all anyone can talk about is how shameful they should feel for having right. a COVID positive player on the field with no mask hugging and loving all over his buddies. And I, I it was a great game. They've got a great ball club. Everything is like about the Dodgers. Like they were on fire. They were doing their thing. Right. And the Tampa Bay was giving them the business. Um, except for the part where they pulled their one pitcher. Um, yeah. And, and and like it was a great series. Like a f baseball was fun to watch, right? Yeah. And then they and, overshadow it with this one dumb thing, and then oh yeah, and, and just to follow up on that point, Major League Baseball that was a win for them. Yeah, that was a huge win. It was they made it through their season without too many incidents. I mean, you had the dumbass people that were on the boats that were partying and the Marlins who got, uh, you know, but it was a huge win for major league yeah. baseball because they were able to complete the world series without incident. And then all of a sudden this overshadows everything. It's like it wiped the slate clean and every other sport was just like, ha, 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 we're not them. Yeah, right. They had that. They there was that couple of uh, events at the beginning of the seat, like the season, um, where like they had like who was it, Clevenger on the Indians or whatever. Like he yep, was doing was stupid the things. They let him go, and then like you know the Mar, like you were talking about the Marlins. Like they had a couple of bad things, and then like they had like a smooth streak for a while, right? And then all of a sudden, all the way through the World Series, right? Yeah, I don't think they had anything happen. 
and then this happens and then like you just like you were having such a great time and you could have you could have like even though like the the positive test was kind of like a black mark on it like you could have still ended the season in a somewhat positive note and be like, yeah. Hey, listen, we did everything right, right away. We got them away. We did, t- we started testing everybody under the sun and you didn't, you let it fall on its face and congrats to the, like the Dodgers, but like there, it not, doesn't matter now. Cause that's not so, the story anymore. Out of curiosity. I mean, you're in LA. Mm-hmm. That's the home team there. Right. Justin Turner, by um, all accounts that I've read over the last couple of weeks, He's like a hometown boy. I mean, he's yeah, he's kind of love that him. people love him over there. Yeah. What do you think the opinion of him in LA is going to be uh, from a person that's boots on the ground over in LA? I mean, do you think this is going to change or mar his his kind of legacy in in LA or do you think that people are just like, look, uh, that shit's it was overblown. I think it's going to be a combination of both of those things. I think it's going to be a thing of like, he's our boy. He messed up, but you know what? It's okay. He's healthy now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it's going to be like a combination of those things. Like I, the, the text group that I'm on, some of them are do- like diehard Dodgers fans. And they were like, this is wrong, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to represent the entirety of what LA thinks. Cause like a lot of hardcore Dodgers fans, like don't get probably won't end up caring. Yeah. Um, what spring so, training hits, they're going to be like, we're rating World World Series champs. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter two, about Justin two point Turner. 2.0. Play, play third base and, and hit a couple of home runs. We're, we're, we'll be square again. Yeah. Yeah. So, people and, people yeah. only remember two weeks. Uh, I mean, news cycles are two weeks. People are going to forget yeah. that he ever ran out there and it's going to be back to woo woo. Dodgers are World Series champs. Yeah. That's and my like, theory. I'm I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm I because I'm from Chicago. I'm a White Sox fan. And oh, like, oh, oh, yes. Um, Ooh, doggy. Shout out Mark Burley. Um. Anyway, uh, I I like we just hired Tony Larusa of all people, which I did not like. Um. And like, how do we know that? Like, because the you, the White Sox are a young, exciting team. How do we know that this isn't going to happen a second time? Right. Like, let's say like the White Sox, like the White Sox were like on a hot streak going up into the playoffs, right? Like the White Sox looked poised to go far. And then, of course, they got knocked out. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, like, how do we know that Tony La Russa, who's 76 years old, how do we know that this is going to happen like him? How do we know this, is, this isn't going to ha- be a thing that rears its head twice? Because we still, again, we still don't know what's going to happen because there, there could be a vaccine three months from now. There could be a vaccine six months from now. We don't know. What, if, what happens if this happens again, right? Like, this is a thing that, like, you're going to face a PR nightmare if you don't get this under control, if you don't have like a decision to like get this under control for the second time, because like if the White Sox do it, like I'm going to be super mad that one, they hired Tony LaRussa two they hired Tony LaRussa and three, uh, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to let Tony LaRussa in contact with these young players. And Tony LaRussa is a old dude. Like who's to say that this doesn't kill him. Right? Like this is like, I'm already thinking way ahead of time in terms of my brain. Cause that's all I do. I think all the time. Um, not well, but uh, like it, it's it's like just a thing that like I'm like what if, it, and, and say it's not the White Sox, say it's somebody entirely else. Like take my grudge out of it. Like take put some other team in there, right? Like what if this happens again and like this does damage to somebody, right? Yeah. Like you are gonna like face a world of hurt. You're gonna like face a lawsuit, millions of dollars. Like this is a thing that you should be cutting off at the head and not worrying about for next season. Well, and I, I mean, I, the the Dodgers aren't even out of the woods yet. I mean, we're still yeah. within the two week period. I mean, the, right. the manager of the Dodgers still could 
be in jeopardy. I, I don't no. know. I mean, no, nobody knows right now. We don't know if it's going to be a spreader event. We don't, we don't know right. anything at this point. Yeah. So I, yeah, you're right though. It, it, it's something we're going to have to get. So go ahead, and Steven. I was going to say, and speaking of cutting it off on the head, uh, I'm going <laughs> to oh, regrettably have to cut our conversation off at the head. No worries. Um, <laughs> And see if we can drive on forward to getting Coleman's uh, prediction, so we can wind uh, wind things down before I die. Um, <laughs> Don't die. Coleman's got three hours on us. He he can stay yeah, up. He does a long time. <laughs> that is true. You, yeah. you and I are dead. We're dead. We are. <laughs> so I'm trying to save us, despite really loving all of it. Um, we <laughs> don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to lose it. Um, so Coleman. We've yes. got three to six months. What do you think is going to happen moving forward? Prediction. Okay, so that's obviously dependent on a couple of things. Um, one of those might one, be important uh, and ongoing, right? <laughs> yeah. One of those is the change, quote-unquote, maybe change in leadership. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to predict the, the election. Um so that's obviously one of the big factors, but say like, let's say I, in my crystal ball of crystal balls, um, somehow managed to, uh, predict, uh, the right leadership, uh, quote unquote. Um, I think if we get like a good, uh, group of people underneath that person, the first two months, we're probably, probably no matter what, it doesn't matter until January, we're probably going to have more of the same, right? So the first couple of months are probably still going to be more of the same. We're still going to have rising cases. Uh, we're just going to have all of that stuff kind of be the same, I think. Whether or not there's a change in leadership in January, uh, we'll, I, think we'll, I think no matter what, we'll make progress in some limited ways, right? Because like, it doesn't matter. Like The scientists are going to do whatever. They're going to do their things. They're going to have a better understanding of how things go. Um, we may or may not start breaking headway on a vaccine. Um, so I think we're going to start, I think around January, we'll start getting a little bit more of a handle on this. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be beat it back. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to like, everybody can go out now without masks. Right. That, that just means I think we'll start like understanding, I don't know, like DNA strands, like all those things that are involved with that. We'll start understanding more of that. I think uh, but the, the one problem with that is even though we'll start understanding a lot of that, I think we're hitting the winter, right? Where everybody's inside, everybody's like cooped up. Um, like it's just, the winter is going to be harsh. It's not going to be great. It, things are still going to happen. People are still unfortunately going to pass away. Um, like it's, it's no matter what it's like, we might, we'll learn one thing. The, the other things are still going to happen because it doesn't matter. It's the virus. I think uh, once we get past January, I think we'll really start making progress. I think we're going to start fighting it. I think we're really going to start making some inroads, like provided that there is a change in leadership. If there's not a change in leadership, I'll, I'll cut that off real quick. If there's not a change in leadership, I think we're going to get more of the same until the vaccine happens. Yeah. So I, I think until a vaccine happens, it's just going to be more of the same. It's just going to be piecemeal. It's just going to be like... Up and down, up and down, lockdowns. Like it's just, it's just going to be all over the place. It's just going to be a giant yo-yo all over the place. Now, say there's a change in leadership, we'll really start to fight it. I think we're really going to have like that. We're really going to be listening to scientists. We're really going to be listening to epidemiologists, people who are knowledgeable about this stuff. We're going to be up the testing. We're going to put a national infrastructure. I think this is important. 
We're going to put a national infrastructure in place, right? This is something that should have been here from the start. And I think we'll finally, because like, I think literally the other day, they like literally said, hey, we conquered coronavirus. And like, <laughs> no, you didn't. Like, it's still here. Um, so I think we're really going to start fighting it at four months. I think by five months, we'll start making bigger inroads. And then I think six months we'll we'll be primed to be in the best spot that we could potentially be. And this is putting my optimistic hat on. Um, and it's very lovely and huge and it actually fits my head. Um, <laughs> we'll probably be at the best we'll be before a vaccine. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean there is a vaccine. There could, I, we could very well get a vaccine in January. I don't know. Um, but like thinking long term, like, let's say we can't like we, you know, the first vaccine trial goes bites the dust or something. I think six months, I think we'll be at the best we can possibly be before the vaccine actually comes out. Well, the good news is, is that's coming right at the heels of flu season. The real yeah. prediction that I have for you is, is there going to be Thursday night football tomorrow night? I know San Francisco closed their facilities today. Don't know. I I feel like they're willing to move things now. It just, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head if San Francisco already had a bye week. If they didn't, they I will. Abs- um, let me look at the schedule real quick. Well, they would have um, to have a bye week as, lo- as well as the, uh, their opponent. Yeah, otherwise they may end up moving that game to next like Tuesday. Like Tuesday they, night, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they already moved that one Titans game to like a Tuesday. Yeah, it was the same um, week, but it was on a Tuesday. Yeah, um, so like I think I think whether or not, if they start getting like, inc- it, I'll say this, if they get tests back tomorrow and they're all negative, they're going to play the game no matter what. Yeah. If they get inconclusive tests, I think that means they will move the game. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I, I don't think that they'll want a chance that they'll like, they'll probably test people multiple times in that day, but no matter, like if it's still coming back inconclusive, then they'll, they'll move the game. Probably very similar um, to what, what, the inconclusive led to yeah. major league baseball. And then finally, my last question is what have you learned about yourself? That's kind of surprised you during this pandemic. Um, I, I think about myself is that like, this has given me time to think about a lot about myself in terms of like goals, in terms of like everything I'm doing in life. I think this has given me enough time to be like, okay, I know where I am. Like the, the, the thing, like it surprised me that I'm like, I am chill. Okay. Where I am right now. I understand that I want to move on. I know that like once, like it, it gave me the peace of mind of like, I know this isn't like, this is a passing point for me. Like this is a moment in time where I'm like, I get to get my stuff together. Right. Of like, like, you know, I get to write, I get to do a lot of scripts. I get to do some streaming. I have a lot of things in place that I've wanted for a while that I've not been able to get in quite some time. And that seems like a weird thing to say out loud, but I've been able, like, I don't think I've had time to stop and think about myself in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of like, taking care of myself t- in terms of like mental health. I think in terms of like every, like everything under the sun, I think it's like given me like a weird, again, s- silver lining, I guess is the word of the day. Um, and like it's given, it surprised me that I've been able to think about a lot of this in a lot more clarity than I've been able to think about in the past. Um, and I think that, I think that to me is a healthy thing. And I think to me that has enabled me to like start making moves that will supplement other moves once all of this is over. And I think that's a weird, like it feels weird to say that, but like, I'm like, 
it's a thing that like will help me in the future. And I'm glad at least I've got that out of this. It's almost like, you know, we, we we're so rarely challenged to this degree um, in life, particularly because we live in such a cushy environment, all things considered. Like, I mean, we've, our generation in particular has been pretty, uh, we've been provided for a lot of things. We, we haven't had to worry about a lot I mean, in yeah. in terms of being forced to worry about a lot, we're not worried about a bear charging out of the woods to kill us. Um, yeah, this so isn't World War II. We're not thinking about yeah. rationing things. We're not thinking about wartime production. Yeah, right. But this this is a, a worthwhile challenge to ourselves that everybody's been delivered, and there's there's a sense of having to step up to that challenge, even though that challenge is just be isolated with yourself. Um, right. In a lot of ways, it's it's given us opportunities to be. Be still uh, and think mm-hmm. on where we're at. And I think a lot of people have benefited from that. There's been a lot of people that struggle, um, but I think there's been a lot of people that struggled previously and ended up walking out of yeah. it going, man, I've learned I've learned how to cope better. Um, yeah. That And that's that's encouraging. And I hope I hope that I appreciate that positive take um, mm-hmm. that you provided because it's so easy to dive down into the muck and mire. Yeah. Of, of where we are and to hear hear people say i learned things about myself that makes me a better person or i've challenged mm-hmm. myself in ways i didn't expect or like you said i've written a ton because you're writing coleman uh, just to wrap the show up your writing is phenomenal um and i'm not blowing smoke everything i've read from you has always been uh, an enjoyable experience uh your movie um you made lost signals was fantastic you had a gag about rambo in there that had me on the floor <laughs> Um, and I, I, I'm just always floored by what you've got going on. And if, if you ever get any of those secret projects rolling, um, I want to know about it cause I, I need to be excited. And I, I wanted like, if I could throw money at you via some vehicle, uh, oh, you let, you let me know. Um, cause it's, you're, you're a talented human being and, uh, I appreciate you being on the show. And and coming out and chatting with us and sharing all all your thoughts with us has been really great. Um, but where can where can people find you? I want to give you a chance to promote yourself. I know you got a lot going on. Um, sure. Uh, and before I do that, first off, I want to compliment you as well, um, and Jacob as well, because you guys have been doing this for so long. Uh, I like I'm impressed that you like you've been podcasting for how many years? Uh, since two thousand five. Yeah, that's yeah. that's incredible. Uh, so yeah. I just want to say I want to pay that compliment back to you first because I am proud of you guys for maintaining that and just keeping at it. Um, that's amazing. I wish I had that kind of stamina. Uh, I don't. <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of links and all that stuff, yeah, I'm. Uh, you can just find me on Twitter. It's just twitter.com slash Coleman Ranahan. Um, you you can pretty much just find everything through there, whether I'm Twitch streaming or my movie, uh, my web series. Uh, any dumb thoughts I've got at 3 a.m. when I can't sleep. Um, you can pretty much find all of that there. So, um, and I, I don't think I have any uh, anything else. Yeah, just that and the Twitch stream. That's it. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, thank you again, Coleman, for coming on. If you enjoyed this show out there and you want to promote it a little or help us out, uh, five-star reviews are always great on any podcasting service of your choice. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Steve H&H. Coleman is Coleman Ranahan, and Jacob is the only smart one of the bunch who just stays off of it completely. Uh, If you want to talk to him, (laughs) you're going to have to go through me. 
Uh, so <laughs> that's very true. Staring at goats podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. You can email us. We didn't have any email this week. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Staring at goats podcast at gmail.com. Also, Patreon, uh, two dorks.net slash support. Uh, thank you for the sub, Coleman. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> I, I had um, to end it on a, on a, a good note. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, not two that dorks- I wasn't on a good note. I just wanted to end it on like a nice little thing. A, a little tapoo. Um, two dorks.net slash support. You can join our Patreon. Even a dollar a month is something that's helpful for us we get those checks and i'm like yippee skippy i get to pay for the server out of this tank of money instead of my own pocket and you guys provide for that and and we're all we're, we're grateful for it uh so big thanks to hammer dwarf og adam and christine of geekheim oddly normal one and our parents for being patrons uh, for us and coleman you were just holding up your hands did you have a thing sorry i had one more thing yeah um i am actually writing now there was a time when i wanted to do a humor column that failed miserably uh I'm actually writing now um, on my blog, ColemanRanahan.com. I'm doing at least two articles a week. Um, so if you want to r- read some of my writing, it's over at ColemanRanahan.com. Uh, I've been writing about everything. I've been re- writing about the White Sox hiring Tony La Russa. I've been writing about the time that I failed as a humor columnist. Uh, I'm <laughs> writing about everything. So if you want to pick my brain at all, the, you can find all that stuff over there. Hey, so that's, we, that's yeah. Well, you heard it here, man. ColemanRanahan.com is the place to go. Uh, So, hey, thank you guys for listening to Staring at Goats, and we'll see you next week with another guest, another goat, and more COVID-19. Let's do this thing. Stay safe out there.